Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on TikTok and Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I am Fudefan on Instagram and on Twitter, and have a blog at fudefan.com. And this is episode 49. One more to 50, Jacob. That's, I think that's a huge achievement. Does this mean we need to do something special next time? Uh, I don't know. Maybe get the, get the crew together again. I mean, we had them last time.、Um, but that's always fun.、Uh, but yeah, episode 50, I think that's a, that's a milestone, Jacob.、Um, not as big as 100, but I think 50 is, is pretty big. Yes. Although we have already done, I think this is the 52nd. <laughs> Already? Yes, yes. With, with emergencies. Yeah, we have the regular episodes and the emergency episodes. So,、um, yeah, kind of a light episode, quite frankly.、Mm. I mean, we're not, you know, super heavy on the news,、mm. um, but I think we've, we've still got some interesting things to say. So,、um, you know, let's get cracking at it. I, I was listening to the Pen Addict、um, podcast. Uh, this week. And、um, one of the listeners, I think it was listener Dave, sent in the message. And, you know, I obviously don't have it in front of me.、Um, but they said something to the effect of、um, Hey, Brad, can you do some more investigative journalism、um, into like the Mayora、uh, Delta stuff?、Um, just like how Tokyo Inklings does investigative journalism into like this Tomoe River stuff. And You know, Brad has had his take on the whole thing.、Um, before I kind of talk about how I、um, think about that, Jacob, what, what are your thoughts? Because you're really the, the person who's been looking more into the, the financial documents,、mm-hmm. um, you know, contacting Tomoe River and stuff. So, so I'm very curious as to how you, how you kind of understood that. Right. So, I don't want to get into semantics. I think investigative journalism might mean different things to different people. But personally, I would say that if, if, if I have a question about something, I would rather try to find a, an answer from a trustworthy source than to speculate about it. So, if I want to know、um, what a deal with Sailor's Zoomnib is. It's about that. I would rather ask Nagahara directly. If I want to know what's going on with Tomoe、uh, Tome River, I prefer to ask Tomoe Ogawa. If I want to know what, what the terms of you know, the Sailor Plus deal is, I would rather go to Edinet and dig up the, the appropriate disclosure reports. But that's not my goal is not to create podcast content, my goal is to satisfy my own curiosity. Oh, your goal is not to create podcasts. No, well, that's just a side effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think, and maybe this is going to、uh, the semantics a, a bit, but I don't think we're investigative journalists, although maybe some things that we do might have those kind of elements to it. But as you said, it's, it's really、um, to kind of satisfy our curiosity about it.、Mm-hmm. So I think the main thing that we are trying to achieve here is just to make sure that, like, what we're saying has some kind of a source, or just, just to make sure that, you know, we're 
we are well informed about what we're trying to tell our audience because you know we do want the podcast to be informative right yeah absolutely and also and we have been very fortunate to have had a chance to talk to some um, to people like Nagahara right and if you do have an opportunity to talk to Nagahara I mean of course you would ask him various questions right yeah and you know it's it's not that we don't do some investigative journalism on topics that we find particularly interesting um but yeah I I, I when I was listening to the episode um you know I was pretty curious about you know the distinction between you know what we're doing is that really investigative journalism you know what kind of podcast do we want to be and i i think the answer to that question is you know we're really trying to just deliver good information with good sources we know that there are different podcasts out there that's actually one of the reasons why we didn't comment on this yovo cracked housing issue because lots of people asked us to to do that mm. lots of people asked us to say hey can you comment can you do your investigative journalism on the yo cracked housing stuff I kind of said to them, I was like, well, what do you want me to say about that? Because we we don't read German. We, we well, maybe you do. I don't know. Um, I don't. But I don't read German, <laughs> right? And, like, you know, th- there's not much that we could contribute there. So that's why I think, you know, I mean, we, we do some of that, but really just within what we can and what interests us. Mm. Yeah. Um. And I, I want to raise an example because this is kind of a news that I found out a few weeks ago. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, but it kind of is one of those that toes the line. Um, is about the Custom 823. Now, Jacob, you had gone around some shops before. And there are always these rumors about the Custom 823 in clear some shops uh, or some sources say they're discontinued, they're not on the pilot website. Um, but my other sources tell me that they're, they're not discontinued, um, but they're actually part of what pilot calls the um, custom club, uh, which are um, stores that stores that really have a good relationship with pilot that are like specially allowed to sell these annual special editions. Mm. Um, and we talked a little bit about the Bamboo Forest being sold only with um, staff uh, from Pilot. So the Custom Club is a little bit different in which they're allowed to sell the, the different colored um, Custom 74s, for example, or different um, edition uh, cu- uh, Pilot Custom series. So I went to Itoya the other day, um, back at the end of the year, and I just wanted to put this rumor to to rest i wanted to know Mm. um what was going on is it discontinued do i have to buy 10 of them and where should i do that so i asked them i said hey uh look i've been hearing a bunch of stuff some conflicting information it's not clear from pilot uh is the clear 823 a japan exclusive is it discontinued or is it a custom kai exclusive and they told me that the Pilot 823 is, in fact, a Custom Kai exclusive, which uh, or, or in English, Custom Club exclusive, which means that only a select 
network of shops are allowed to sell this product. And I would have been happy just with that information. And that would have that wouldn't have made the podcast. The reason why I'm talking about this is because she then followed up with actually the demonstrator A23, the clear A23 exists because we at Itoya requested Pilot to make it. Mm. And they told me the reason why this was possible is because there were a lot of customers who came to Itoya and who asked the sales staff, they, they complained to the sales staff, they said, we want a demonstrator 823. And so they took this customer uh, request and they took it to Pilot and Pilot made the demonstrator clear 823, which I think is, is a great story. So I, I told them, I said, oh, okay, that, if that's the case, tell them we want a purple one now. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, if you if you want a purple 823, you got to write into Itoya, guys. Yeah, so I think what Custom Kai means is that that retail store has like pilot authorized, like pilot trained sales staff, right? It, it, it does not because Shosaikan is part of Custom Kai. And they're not allowed to sell the um, Bamboo Forest. And they have like three or four staff. I know all of them. None of them belong to Pilot. Not belong to Pilot, but but authorized by Pilot. It's a bit actually a bit confusing because Pilot seems yeah. to have these various spheres of like yeah. Um, like so for example, when they sold this Tokyo LE exclusive inks, those inks right. were sold at Itoya. They were not sold at Maruzen. I don't think they were sold at Shosaiken, but then there are some small. Um, retail stores, including one in Ueno that very few people have ever heard of, they get to sell yep. these Tokyo LE inks. So there seems to be various, <laughs> I, I, depending on yeah. the product, the certain stores get yeah. to sell them. Um, specifically about the the LE inks, I, I specifically asked them, I said, so what's the criteria? And they told me... Um, that the staff have to be seconded from Pilot. So the staff belong to Pilot. So even in this, you know, small store up in Nuna, which which I went to, um, the staff had Pilot badges. Mm. At Maruzen, I don't believe that they have staff seconded from Pilot. But Maruzen, they get to sell Bamboo forest, bamboo forest, and they do get to sell yeah. the other like custom seventy four, the custom Kai yeah. versions. Although they, they, for some reason, they seem to get fewer pens to sell than Itoya. Yeah, always. But I also think that that's because Itoya is just generally a larger store for stationery. Could be, could be. Yeah, I don't know, but but yeah, I, I did think that that was kind of a funny story for for the eight two three. Yeah. Um, and a, f- a few weeks ago, I think maybe last week, uh, we, we met up before the situation of Omicron got super terrible here in Tokyo, but you had mentioned in the last episode that you thought Pen BBS was the pen brand of the year for you yeah, because they were very, very innovative in releasing the nibs and um, you know, for the first time, you had k- kind of Naginata nibs that you could buy on steel nib pens with the appropriate amount of tipping. Yeah. Um, that was readily available. Well, at first, they were not readily available, 
but now you can buy them off their Etsy store. I brought two carved nibs. This is part of their hand-carved nibs mm. um, to, to our meeting last week. And you had a chance to, to look at them and to check them out and to test them. Um, what was your impression of, uh, of these nibs? You know, uh, we saw these photos by Bainey like, many months ago now, and it looked like, too good to be true. Like, they, they can't possibly be this detailed, right? But when I saw the real thing, it's actually as good as... <laughs> It, it is what you were hoping it to be. It, it looks, it's really detailed carving. It looks beautiful. And it's, and it's got those uh, Naginata-like nibs. So I, I'm very, I'm very impressed with these nibs. I, I do have to say that these nibs do not look hand-carved. They are so detailed, so precise, and just extremely... You know, it's like laser focused, very beautiful. When I saw the first ones, the cuts looked a little bit deeper. But on the ones that I received, they were still deep. They were still mm. very, very beautiful. Um, these could have been, if you told me that they were imprinted, I would have believed you. But that's also because the designs that I chose um, didn't have a lot of the carved out sections, right? If I'm looking at the ones we see from you know a few months back, particularly the ones uh, with uh, with a cat, mm -hmm. for example, right? That the entire ear is, is carved out. If I had chosen something like that, I would probably see more like a hand um, carved. Maybe I would see like a little mistake here and there. Mm -hmm. But these ones that I really I received they were you know of an incredible incredible quality but that to me makes it even more impressive because that means you figured out a way to produce these uh, in a consistent manner and you can probably do it at the scale that it would be impossible if they are hand carved right so I'm hoping that that's the case um, but I mean these nibs they they were not cheap they were not cheap they were 300 US dollars a piece which is what I might pay for a you know Mont Blanc 149 nib however I, I would argue that the design and the just sheer amount of tipping that they have just makes it totally worth it yeah but there's not really anything that comes to mind at least to me that compares to this right this kind of detailed carving on a nib I, i'll send you the um the link of the ones that i got mm. so i got both the the fish one and and the lotus one um but you can you can clearly see that these are less intricate i mean they're, they're not less intricate they're actually more intricate but less carved in than um than some of the other ones that we saw right but to me that's kind of suggest that they're still tweaking the process. Interestingly, these only came with the number four grind, the calligraphy four grind. Well, one thing Bainey told me before, and we covered this on the podcast, that m m these steel calligraphy nibs, 
they are doing like 20 or 30 different ones, right? And, and they are seeing which ones are popular. And we talked, when we compared them before, we said that the one that is most Naginata-like is the number four or maybe mm. number five. So I don't, I, I don't think it's too surprising um, that they choose number four. I, I, I suspect that number four would be the one most popular in... Yeah, for Chinese calligraphy, while number yeah. two, the architect one, would probably be most popular in the West. Although I did like the number one a lot as well. Yeah, that um, yeah, you don't you don't get as fine lines. That's almost like a zoom nib, not quite, but mm-hmm. but more zoom like than number four. And if I'm looking at the comparison between these carved nibs and uh, and the regular nibs, I'm just sending you a photo right now. Does it? Is it just me, or does the carved nib almost seem like the tines are more kind of, I don't want to say long, but kind of, you know, the the, the curve inward yeah, or yeah. the curve outwards it is almost a bit more sharp. Yes, I was going to say that from this photo that you sent me now, it looks more architect-like, right? It looks like, like a triangle at the top. Yeah, th- this... These are these are incredible, and and not to mention when they came out with the gold nibs, they actually had tested two different alloys, um, and I got the DE alloy on both uh, on both the regular ones and and these carved ones. Mm. What did you feel about the the actual like writing experience of those nibs? I mean, I modified one of them already. I triple stacked one, them, but but the other one, but the other one came at a factory. Yeah, I I really liked it. I thought it was quite uh, naginata-like, for lack of a better word. It was definitely some bounce there, and and you had that. You had enough feedback to produce like exact lines without it being scratchy. So I think they did a good job. Yeah, because. I was very surprised at the level of kind of bounciness. Mm. Um, the the nibs are really responsive, and I think this, and, and this is why I think PenBBS is is probably one of the most incredible Chinese brands out there, um, and, and really one of the most innovative mm. uh, brands out there. Period. But I think this almost marks a turning point for Chinese pen making because this is not the first time that Chinese brands have come out with gold nibs. In fact, Wingsung is coming out with Naginata gold nibs as well. Yeah. They don't look as nice, but you know, they're coming out with them. Um, Jinhao has gold nibs before. Um, Lucky had gold nibs. Uh, and there were different types of gold nibs too. There were 12K gold nibs, 10K gold mm. nibs, you know, 14K gold nibs um, in the past. But the level of um, the, the the amount of tipping that they have, the, the amount of different grinds that they have, it, it's really for me, it's uh, it's I mean, PenBBS already came out with like tens of of different filling systems, right? But this is like, all right, we're going to be part of the big boys. Then. Yeah, and right? not just we're being part of the big boys. To me, you're leading them. To me, this is PenBBS like leaving Jovo and and Buck in the dust, right? Because they don't have anything like this factory made yeah i mean i've had pen makers contact me saying hey how can i 
buy pen BBS nibs. I just want mm. like can 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 they produce my nibs for me? Which I think is is incredible for for the industry there. Right? Absolutely, yeah. What do we want out of pen BBS? Like, what's our personal like wishes out of that? So. Clearly, they are trying to be a more high-end brand. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are giving up on the low end where they started, but that's clearly where they are expanding now. What I would like to see is not so much about product development, but I would like to go into Edoya and see a selection of PMBBS pens. Now, I don't think that's going to happen because I think Bainey has said in the past that they are not interested in that model at all. Uh, but maybe as they move more into high end, maybe they will rethink that. At least I'm hoping that they will rethink that because right now, the fact that you can only buy these pens on Etsy or from various like resellers on um, Amazon and eBay, it cheapens the brand a bit. And I think that if you had a selection of Pen BBS pens on Mars, and I think a lot of people would choose a Pen BBS four or five six instead of a Twispy, instead of a Lamy, instead of a Kaweco, because they are that good. But they are, people just need to realize it. Yeah, and I think one of the things that you know, Pen BBS has always been great at turning out amazing pens, um, but I, I think sometimes their plastic can be, or their resin. I don't know what it is. Um, can be a little bit brittle. Um, I, I'm hoping that they upgrade the trims a bit because they, they're focusing a lot of energy, rightfully so, on the writing end. And I think they've achieved that. Um, now I think it's, it's time to upgrade the rest of the pen and really come out with, as you said, the, a maybe a high-end model of a pen BBS. Mm. Right? Like, what would that look like? I don't know because all of my pen BBS nibs are not in pen BBS pens. Yeah. Um, they're like Leonardo's, they're whatever's. Um, but but so I, I, I'm very curious. But they are learning from their mistakes. They are improving. And going back to what you said about you know uh, problems with the plastic, uh, there was this model called two six eight. I might be getting the the, the number wrong, but they, they had this like, the low end vac filler that was you know designed to be a low-end vac filler it had known problems with with uh, cracks um but that's probably the only model i know of that had that problem uh, i haven't heard anything about the recent models and also in the past were complaints about pen bbs feeds that the fins were too fragile and could bend easily and they have recently come up with a new feed design with thicker Fins, uh, so they are iterating, they are improving. Um, one thing, more thing, I would like them to do is to just st- streamline and simplify their lineup because they are almost. I think they are worse than like Sailor and Lame right now. Like if you go to the Etsy store, I think I have the page up right now. They have like thirteen different models, and and I. I did a good job in the past, I think, of keeping track of the new PMBS models. Because you got all of them. Yeah, yeah. But even even I can't remember what's what anymore. I mean, it's 471. I, I can't remember what that is anymore. And there's so many of them. And they keep updating all of them, right? Which kind of... I wonder if they're like, spreading themselves thin doing that. Um, 
some of the models are not really that interesting, at least to me anymore. Like the 309 was their early piston filler, which had a known problem with the piston getting stuck. I'm not sure why they even produced that one anymore. In my in my view, their best models is four, five, six, which is the, the not the cheap vacuum filler, but but the the nice vacuum filler. That is a very solid pen. I wish they would. Um, do something similar to what Narwhal is doing. They had this sort of base model and then they do all kinds of interesting special editions based on that base model, the mm. 456. Yeah, for me it's the 355, but of course I've already talked about it. I want a better cap on it. Um, but yeah, I think that their only special editions have been the, the cat series, right? Like the um, Amber is a cat, uh, Niangao is yeah. a cat. But, but those colors seem to show up much less now. Yeah, and they do update the inventory on the pen BBS, but what very often happens is that you do get some amber as a cat, but it's like some model that you don't want, right? And that sort of goes back to yeah. this whole idea of can't you just simplify the, the lineup and give us some more interesting uh, four, five, six uh, acrylics? Yeah, but um, I think, you know, I, I hope uh, we both agree, like, Really, hats off to to Bainey, to Long, and to the rest of the Pen BBS team because they've they've really achieved something incredible here. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Next topic: uh, Kakimori metal nibs. Now we kind of praised uh, these nibs quite a lot last time. Yeah, um, we thought they were great. Um, and some of these nibs have been making their way to the states, and I went and bought some of these nibs too. Um. When I bought my nib, I kind of sent you a video. I was like, hey, is this nib supposed to write like this? Right. So what happened is that the the nib wrote fine on the lower angles, so producing the fat lines, but really couldn't produce any kind of medium or fine line, um, which is what most of the stores were advertising this, right? I don't and agree. I, Okay. Video on that because I think if you look at Kakimori's, um, like the photos, the videos, their ad copy, this is not a, at least this is definitely not a pen you would buy for to draw like hairlines and technical drawings. This is clearly a nib that is meant that that you buy to play with inks. You can do good from like broad to you know pilot parallel type lines but i don't think anyone would see that and say this is the perfect uh, nib for very thin lines no um but if you look at the promotional um materials from like yoseka from muse um where there there was a lot of discussion about how hey this can produce different types of lines i i, I don't necessarily think like, you know, we have to go down to, like, needle points. Mm. I'm, I'm not expecting them to have needle points. Um, but there was a lot uh, that was that was being said about how, hey, this nib produces variable lines, and um, and Muse kind of, kind of talked about them like uh, they had, like, a bit of Naginata-like flair to them because you could write mm. Chinese characters like that, right? Um, and, and in almost all of the promotional photos that i saw had um you know the 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 kind of right or i don't it's not a writing but it's like a testing where they go from like 
the thinner lines to the thicker lines, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah. they have like a maybe like a medium fine line, and then they go they lower the angle and they they go all the way to like a I don't know like a six B or something. Yeah, for sure. So, so I sent you a video um, of Akane trying to write with the pen. I, I wrote with it first, but didn't write. Mm. So I was like, hey, can you try this? Maybe it's me. And um, and ink wouldn't come out at all. Uh, and then you sent me a video of you writing with your stainless one, yeah, uh, with the exact same ink and wrote fine, yeah. So so I sent uh, Kakimori a message on Instagram. I was like, hey, um, and this is how you complain in Japan, right? You don't say, hey, I want a refund. You say, hey, I I I, I need your advice on what I'm doing wrong here. Nothing comes out of this nib, um, so please tell me what to do, and. They came back to me with a statement which I shared with you, mm. and you had commented that it kind of felt like a prepared corporate statement. Yeah, I was. Well, you sent me a number of messages, and I was a little bit confused because at first it sounded like they were acknowledging that there were some problematic batches but then in the follow-up message it sounded like they they changed that to say like we have figured out you know what is the optimal way to write with these nibs and you should hold it at a 45 degree angle and if you do that then everything will be fine yeah so i'm gonna read uh or i'm gonna translate this this message it says um i've seen the video we're very sorry about the inconvenience that it caused this time due to a lack of inspection a part of the brass metal nibs um, have been found to be inconsistent and there is uh, or there's a chance that some of these were inconsistent and um, we would like to exchange this product for another one which we have tested in the shop and make, made sure that it works um, he says uh, from here on out we're going to uh, redo the testing uh, we're going to reinspect all of them and we're going to uh, say that if you write at a 45 degree angle, um, then uh, you will be able to write with all sides of this nib, mm. and we're going to um, we're going to kind of reassess the the standard mm. of that, and then we're going to you know communicate with the factory and make sure that we kind of um, improve our design on this. Right. This tells me two things. This tells me that there's going to be more metal nibs if they're going to re-improve the design of it. Yeah. Um, but it also tells me that I'm not the first one to send them a message. Yeah, you're right. Because you sent that on like a, a Saturday evening or something like that, right? And you got a relatively fast yeah. response. <laughs> I got one in, within 24 yeah. hours. So it took like 22 hours okay. to respond. But it was... Um, it's interesting... I think because I think I wouldn't say nobody, but I'm not convinced that a large or even significant um, population writes at a 45 degree angle. I think that most people write somewhere between 60 to 70. Um, and it's interesting because what they told me is that for the brass nib, I mean, I went to the store afterwards. Mm. They, they told me, um, 
For the brass nib, you have to hold it at around 40 degrees. For the stainless nib, you can hold it at around 60 degrees, which is still kind of low for me. Um, I think for most Asian writing, we hold it like a bit higher. Mm. Uh, and if you, I don't know if your son goes to like these um, shoto classes, but in in like you know brush calligraphy, you actually hold it at 90 degrees. Yeah, the way you hold a brush so, is definitely different from the way you hold the normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's it's a very specific way of holding it, and this is not written on their website nor promotional video, uh, more, nor their promotional um, materials mm. until two days ago. Right, so they, they put up a statement or a, a blog post where they said, hey, here's how we, re- we recommend that you use uh, these pens. So hold them at f- 45 degrees, uh, and when you remove the nibs, you rotate them to remove... Um, if you want to know what the difference is between the brass one and the steel one, then they, you can hold it at a slightly higher angle, I think they say, with the steel one, while the mm-hmm. brass one gives you more line variation. That's sort of what I got out of it, so that confused me a little bit. But yeah, it was sort of an, an explainer. And then uh, uh, at the end of that post was the sh- one sentence saying that if you have problems with your nibs, they contact us, we'll w- work something yeah. out. Which is so interesting because I don't understand why a stainless steel, the stainless steel nib would write finer lines. That which, which is what they're they're claiming on the website that would write finer lines. As far as I can see, they, the the design looks exactly the same. Yeah, this is not not something I I, I know much about. Uh, but isn't brass a softer material? And if brass is a softer material, does that make it harder to create this like? Very fine grooves at the top. I I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I actually went and and modified my brass nib afterwards, and was able to make it right a little bit finer. So mm. now it works a little bit better than um than what I expected. But yeah, I I would say I I would say that these nibs are still prototype, but I'm still okay with it because. You know they're like thirty dollars, right? They're not they're not two hundred dollars like what Drilog is asking for, and we know those don't work. Out. Oh, I mean they, they work, but they they don't work as well as you know we would hope them to either, right? Yeah, but also again, I think most people who buy these Kakimori inks, they don't buy them to write in their journal they buy them to to right. play with inks and, and they're more interested in the broad strokes than in yeah. the fine strokes which leads me to the next topic on this um is that we know that basically these nibs are sold out everywhere you can look online right yes and so in uh in the US Yosekas totally sold out of them. They're like, oh, we might get more in the spring. Um, you know, uh, even here on the Kakimori website, they're like all sold out. I went to the shop. They had plenty of them. They had at least, you know, 10 to 20 of each of the metal nibs, which I was pretty surprised at. Mm. Um, and interestingly, they sold out of all the glass nibs. So there were no glass nibs at, at the shop, and it was funny because they had like you know three little sections, and the glass nib part was just completely empty, and then they had like you know 
boxes of boxes of the metal rooms. Let's start with the the stock and inventory situation because you kind of um you kind of uh we we had a discussion off the podcast about this, but you were talking about how you know it it seems strange you know maybe they're they're trying to do something with uh with you know having people actually come to the store versus buying online well we know that at least uh i mean it, this might be common in general but we know at least as far as like japanese stationery stores this is common right we uh, talked about usagia um they sometimes sell a small number of pens online. The rest are in the brick and mortar stores. Same with Hachimondia, same with Pentanote, I believe, same with Kobayashi. So it, it's definitely not uncommon uh, here, but the difference here would be that Kakimori seems to have more global ambitions and they have these retailer agreements. And I'm sure both Yoseka and Muse Pens and all the others are kindly asking for more deliveries right yeah I, I think i think there's definitely something to be said there about what is their their retail strategy like mm. they obviously want to have very broad appeal they sell all sorts of pens there um and they they clearly are interested in the international audience much more so than a lot of these other mm. retailers. Um, and it's interesting because they're not acting just as a retailer; they're also acting kind of as a manufacturer or a distributor. Yeah, we know they don't like actually manufacture these nibs by themselves, but you can only get the nibs through Kakimori. They're all Kakimori branded, right? So, um. When I was working at uh, in this kind of like a retail space before, it wasn't uncommon for the e-commerce shop to have a totally separate inventory um, from from the retail shop. I think what's curious here is that on the online shops, they've been sold out for so long. Well, they have this they have this brief stock drops. Right, and uh, so mm. every once in a while they have it, and then they sell out in like one or two days, and it's gone for a few weeks. Yeah, but they they haven't really done a um, larger scale reorientation mm. of how they allocate their merchandise, um, which to me is is kind of interesting because it kind of shows like what philosophy they have towards that shop. Because if you're trying to maximize sales, right, you definitely put more on the e-commerce shop because you know that the demand is there. And if you are a consumer and you want to buy these metal nibs, before you head out on a trek to Kakimoto, you're probably going to see if they have any online. And if it says sold out online... There's no way of you knowing, based on the way that the copy is written, there's no way of you, uh, for you to know that they have inventory in the retail shop. Right. 
Un- yes, yeah, so unless you you know that they generally have a separate inventory for for retail, then you you would assume based on exactly. your, your history going there. Yeah, exactly. But but even even so, all the glass nibs are sold out, right? So if you are looking mm-hmm. for the glass nib, you go all the way to Kakimori. There are no glass nibs. That's like you know you kind of just wasted your day. Um, but I guess they they want to they want to um, cross sell. And sell different items along with with the with the nibs there, so maybe that's why. Yeah, which they still can do online though. Although maybe it's even more even easier when you are in a brick and mortar store and you have beautiful yeah. shelves full of notebooks and other things. Yeah. But I also think they are still themselves trying to figure this out. I think that they deal with like Muse pens, for example, is fairly recent, so they're still probably working on this. Yeah. And I, I think that they are very they they as a store are very focused on like the experience, mm. right? Like they're really focused on you know they've they've cut up a bunch of paper so that people can test every single kind of paper they have there. That's not something that you know different shops have. Like at, yeah, sure at Itoya, you know there are a bunch of different mm. papers, but you can't just you know pull out the graffiti paper and start writing on it, right? Right. Right. So the the whole experience part, I think, is is quite a big deal for for Kakimori. And so, without going to the shop, do you actually get that full experience? That that that's another question that maybe they're asking themselves. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we talked about Kakimori before. How this is probably one of the most beautiful uh, stationery sh- stores in Tokyo. It's it, it's an experience, as you say, to go there. It's it's so it's so tasteful. And it's it's so fun to try all the papers and and you can try all kinds of fountain pens as well without having to ask them to you know the staff to prepare something. It's all it's all there yeah. for you to try. It's it's a beautiful store. Lastly, about this, um, you know, I said already the glass nibs are are all sold out. It's it's interesting that still glass nibs are are outperforming the metal nibs. I think once we iterate on these metal nibs. Once, once you would get them to like uh, parity to glass nibs, do you think that that will shift? Well, I don't. I don't agree with the premise that they are outperforming. I, I think a glass nib is better if your intention is to write. I think the metal nib is better if you want to play with ink. So they have different purposes. But I do suspect that it would be easier to scale up production of the metal nibs than the glass nibs. Mm mm mm. So do you think that we'll see more iteration of the of the metal nibs? Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. All right, we're looking forward to it. And I also think and this goes back to our previous podcast discussion, I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they get some competition either in Japan or elsewhere. All right. Um let's move on to some of our more mainstream manufacturers then. Uh, I, I saw this yesterday on um, on Instagram uh, on friend of the podcast Andy's uh, Instagram platinum hearts. I didn't see much information about it. I, I saw there was some like, European retailer listed. Is this like an EU exclusive? I'm not sure at all where this is going to come. Um, it would be weird if it is an eu exclusive but I, i'm not quite certain about where this is this is 
going to be. I would be surprised if they didn't at least try the formula first in Japan because this is a very different type of Platinum 3776 century. Why is it very different? I, I saw that the the finial, there's something going on there. Other than that, it looks like a like matte black with rose gold. Or did I miss something? Yeah, uh, no, I, the finial is the main thing. And we always knew that Platinum had kind of, a, 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 I don't know, like a, maybe a strange finial. Um, that you can't remove it unless you break it right. kind of deal. A, and they've done... Like Mount Fuji nuts, right? They've they've done Mount Fuji screws. Yeah. This looks like there's a bunch of kind of looks might be glass, might be might be some kind of kind of a gemstone. Um, I doubt it. I I, I think it's glass. Um, in a bunch of different heart shapes, that's surrounding the nut of the finial. Mm. Um, and the reason why I say this is quite different is because you don't really see um, manufacturers kind of add on top of the nut and then placing a transparent dome over it so while we had the Mount Fuji screw that was still you know that was still a metal screw right that was Mm. just shaped in Mount Fuji whereas this doesn't even look like this kind of material can be made into a screw Ah, interesting. So, so it it almost looks like they they've added something on, or they've stuck something onto it, um, to make it look like that. It, it's like a keycap. It's like a it's like a custom keycap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's still, I assume, still like the whole slip and seal thing, right? Yeah, the the rest of the pen is honestly not super remarkable. I mean, it's rose gold trims. Um, but we were just talking about Platinum not doing a lot of stuff, and and of course we were reminded that they actually had a collaboration with um, the manga artists uh, group Clamp. Yes. Um, they came out with three special editions, um, which I bought, so I should have known that. But yeah, it, it's 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 cool to see that they are coming out with you know, something that that honestly looks very strange to me, like. It looks very strange. Other companies would have just made the entire finial color, you know, sparkly, right? Mm. They actually made it demonstrator and have something inside. Yeah, it looked like some some confetti in a finial. Yeah, which, I mean, it's still the the tried and true thirty seven seventy six century shape. Mm. It's definitely a century pen, but but this finial is it, this isn't for me it reminds me however of a pen that i do own which is the the mont blanc diamond i was just going to say that exactly yeah where where they have it suspended in diamond but this is this is i think less it looks less well executed but following that same vein which which i do find interesting yeah and and it's it's possible that there is some subtle glitter on the barrel that we can't tell from the photo, so we'll we have to yeah. wait and see. But yeah, it, it, I personally, I I like rose gold, so uh, the fact that this pen has rose gold trim makes it more interesting to me. But you were you were kind of um, I don't know if complaining is the right word, but complaining um, about how Platinum didn't do a lot of stuff last year. Right? Is this the right direction 
that you want to see for Platinum? Um, yeah, I just wish they would communicate it better. I mean, wh- why is this not on Platinum's own Instagram feed? They're too busy cutting costs. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, but, but they've always been terrible at, communi- at communication and social media. We covered that before, so we don't need to repeat that. But the pen looks nice to me, and I'm sure it will be popular. Yeah, and I'm actually seeing a product page for this on Novelli. So I'm going to read it out loud. Um, the model will be available in 2,000 pieces. Peculiarity of this fountain pen are two small heart-shaped elements created by the vent hole of the nib and inserted into the dome, the upper part, together with micro crystals. Usually the pieces, and in this case the shape of a heart, are melted and reused as a new material, while in the shape of a heart model, it was in, decided to incorporate them into the design of the fountain pen itself. Okay, so 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 the heart is is the the one that they stamp out of the breather hole. Ah, that that's kind of neat. I like that. the The pair of hearts enclosed in the dome conveys a sense of deep connection with the partner making the pen an ideal gift for somebody who's precious and important to us. <laughs> but then, okay. Well, I think we covered this before, but in Japan, it's not uncommon uh, when, as a wedding gift. It's like Meoto set with like two bowls or two something yeah, where one is slightly bigger yeah. than the other, right? The model fe- features two pieces of gold in the shape of a heart, black body applied with a nib clip and trims in rose gold in a unique design for this limited edition to finish the crystals enclosed in the dome the top of the pen which adds a special taste to the pen and it's not that expensive it's 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 less expensive i believe than the shion and the kinshu it's like almost it's 287 euros it's about 30,000 35,000 but is this a eu exclusive or would it be Mm, it doesn't say Platinum's communication. Yeah, oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah, but, but it looks nice. It's... Yeah, it, it's... That's kind of cool. That I, I didn't realize that that, you know, heart thing mm. was in fact, you know, from the pen. Like from, from the breather. Mm. That that did get me a little bit more excited mm. about, about this pen. All right. Next release, which we know is not going to come to Japan, but Sailor has decided to come out with... Um, a series sailor cocktail mm. new cocktail series i thought we were done with the cocktail series yeah i mean we discussed that when we talked about the, the kure azure right that yeah the, your prediction was the, was the last one yeah i i saw this just this morning I, I don't know too much about it we talked about recently about this sailor bespoke pens and how you can make whichever pen you want from uh, more or less from by choosing like finial and uh, section and whatever and i said that that this kind of has to raise the bar for other special editions right because if you don't get a custom finial you don't get a custom nib stamp you don't get a custom cap and you don't get you know glitter on the barrel or in a motif or acrylic then and if the price is not significantly lower, well, why wouldn't you just go make your own bespoke pen? And this, to me, is not raising the bar because you don't have, as far as I can tell, 
custom nib stamp. You don't have a custom band. You don't have a custom finial. You don't have this like, plain color uh, like parch bin. And based on what I could tell from like one of those websites, it's quite expensive. So I'm sure I'm sound <laughs> very grumpy now, but this doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I think the colors are, are, are pretty. I think the gin martini is, is, is cool, but then it looks like you have to buy them in a set unless the retailer is willing to break them up. It's, I don't know, they're, they're not that cool. Like, I guess I'm, you know, we are spoiled yeah. for choice here in Japan, but these don't look that much cooler to me. They, they, they do look like they're matte. They look like they're a matte finish. Yeah, I, that that's nice, I guess. But, you know, going back to our discussion in previous podcast about, you know, we like now brands like Leonardo because they have this beautiful, like, acrylic colorways and so on. Here we have a pretty expensive Sailor Edition and it's just too plain. Yeah. Too plain. And that same thing goes to their new Sailor King of Pen color Urushi Ebonite pens, right? I, I just sent you a link on um, mm. on line, but it looks like they're taking their their black Urushi model, uh, or sorry, black Ebonite model, and they are doing a series of twelve color Urushi. Why does this? Instagram posts say bespoke MSRP. They probably just found some fancy word and like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll do bespoke. But it, it probably just means that they're handmade. This is $1,500. Yeah, I don't know. It's a deja vu for me. Haven't we seen something like this recently? Um, yeah, we, we've definitely seen these before. They're talking about like a reintroduction. Yeah, so so we've definitely seen this before. But these were like nine hundred dollars last like i say last time but it was like less than six months ago and they've raised the price to thousand five hundred dollars now well thousand four hundred fifty dollars ah sorry the one i thought about was the you know they had this ishime ones in a few colors released they had the glossy ones too okay but but, but what i thought about where the ishime ones was fairly recently released and the price was not that crazy for a Roshi king of pen compared to the shimmy one this one looks at least to me a bit boring but i'm sure there were people i sound so grumpy sorry i'm sure there were people who love these pens yeah it's just you know it's a thousand five hundred dollars that's yeah i do think it's um yeah i think something like like a uh, taminuri or just any kind of like kawarinuri type design would would elevate this i'm sure the people who prefer just plain yeah. colors like this uh but i don't know it looks i wish we would be a little bit more exciting yeah i i, I saw um i saw that they, they came out with the takamakie called um so the the deer and the moonlight that one looked pretty. Cool. Yes, that one was nice. But that's like five thousand dollars. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. All right? Yeah, I guess that's most of what we want to talk about. Um, 
we we wanted to talk a little bit about inks, but I think we can save that for next time. Actually. Yeah, let's let's do that. Do let's do that. Yeah. All right. So we can't use the title that um that I really like, which is uh, just s- several lines down. Um, but we'll, we'll save that for next time. Sure. Sure. <laughs> All right. Um, that's been the episode, guys. Uh, again, a little bit light on the news this time, but I I, I hope there was still enjoyable conversation for you all and um if there's nothing left to add we'll see you in two weeks yeah and hopefully we have some more news news then <laughs> yeah um with that uh, my name is cy you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com on instagram and tiktok at tokyostationpens and on twitter at tokyostationmnh and my name is jacob and i am a Fudo fan on instagram and on twitter and have a blog at fudofan.com Bye-bye. Bye-bye.